Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast for Thursday, November 7th, 2019. I am your host, Ian McLaird, and I am pleased to bring you daily Boston Bruins discussion as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I don't know where you are this morning, but I woke up to snow on the ground, which is a great indication that winter is indeed coming, if not already arrived. Today, Starbucks is dropping their Christmas cups, uh, holiday season cups, I guess is more appropriate to say. And um, yeah, it's that time of year. We are well into November now, and uh, Thanksgiving is coming up down south. Christmas is coming, and the Bruins are the gift that keeps on giving. Before we get into that, I'd like to say uh, just thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the podcast so far, who's rated and reviewed the podcast. Please do so on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, A rating and a review would be greatly appreciated. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins on Twitter. Uh, and you can follow me at ENC McLaren. If you have any uh, direct messages you'd like to send me, please do that on Twitter, or you can email LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. Uh, as I mentioned, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. And uh, today on the show, there's not really much in the way of Bruins news. They were off uh, Wednesday after the back-to-back Monday and Tuesday earlier this week. Uh, They're preparing for Friday's game in Detroit against uh, the Red Wings, and we'll mention a note about them later on in the show. Uh, So since there's not really much Bruins news, we're going to jump right into uh, All the President's Men, which is a look at my top five teams in the NHL every single week. And uh, following that, we're going to do some Charlie Coyle appreciation with Amanda Kegley from uh, Minnesota. She is a, a Wild fan, a hockey parent, uh, her daughter, and she also run Books Against Bullying, which we're, we're going to talk about as well, uh, with some uh, pretty cool stories about Charlie Coyle uh, that you may not be familiar with from his time in Minnesota. And then to wrap up, we'll take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL as usual. Uh, so to begin, like I mentioned, let's take a quick look at all the President's Men, which again is my look at the top five teams in the NHL, teams that are tracking to uh, finish first overall. It is early on in the season, of course. We're only a month in, but it's never too early to uh, take a look at the top teams in the league uh, to date and try to get a a sense of uh, who to watch out for going forward. Coming at the number five spot this week is the Vancouver Canucks. Yes, that team uh, that Drew Doughty referenced, the Canucks have kind of taken that on as a team moniker. If you missed that, uh, I believe the Kings lost 8-2 to the Canucks earlier this season. And um, Drew Doughty afterwards said, we shouldn't be losing to a team like that. And the Canucks have kind of adopted that as their mantra, uh, like the bunch of jerks in Carolina last season. And they remain off to a great start. They're 9-3-3 with uh, 21 points through 15 games. Uh, They have a win percentage of 70% uh, or a point percentage of .700 if you're looking at the uh, NHL standings. They also, I believe, are second in uh, goal differential 
that's correct. They're second with a plus 18 goal differential. So very impressive start for the Vancouver Canucks. I mentioned before that I had them pegged as a playoff team. Uh, kind of just picked them on a whim, looking at the Pacific Division and uh, how uh, kind of weak it is. They uh, sit second in the Pacific, one point back of the Edmonton Oilers, but they do have two games in hand, and the Oilers have only a plus-two goal differential. Um, so the Canucks with those two games in hand, the positive goal differential, and they're also a, um, in terms of possession, they are a positive uh, Corsi team as well with 52.84, meaning that they uh, have that share of total shot attempts at five on five play uh, night in and night out, or on average, I should say. And that's good for fourth in the NHL. So overall, a great start for the Vancouver Canucks, uh, our old friends from 2011. And uh, they do have a load of talent. Uh, They made some additions to the back end and uh, have a pretty effective goaltending duo in Jacob Marstrom and Thatcher Demko right now. So, um, I think Ray Ferraro on TSN the other day, he called them the best team in Canada, uh, kind of shots fired at the Oilers and the Maple Leafs, uh, even the Canadians to some extent. Um, so yeah, like I said, a, a great start for, uh, the Canucks, um, who are, are an exciting young team. Uh, if you don't get a chance to watch them very much, I understand since they're on the West coast, but, um, do, do catch a game if you can. They're, they're pretty fun to watch. Uh, coming in at number four is, uh, I hate to talk about these guys, but we'll give them some credit. It's the defending Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. They have a record of 11-3-3 through uh, 17 games. They're tied for the league lead in points with 25, uh, along with the Washington Capitals. Uh, they do have a win, uh, sorry, a point percentage of 735. Uh, somewhat troubling is their, um, their goal differential. They're only at plus five right now. Uh, the Nashville Predators, (coughs) excuse me, are, uh, uh, five points back of them, but they have a plus 17 goal differential. So, uh, the Predators may catch up to the Blues, uh, yet, but, uh, so far so good for the defending champions. Uh, they do have a negative Corsi percentage, or I should say they have a uh, below 50 uh, percentage at 47.92. That's 25th in the NHL. So that's uh, an area of concern for that team. Uh, If they're being regularly out attempted every night, then chances are, uh, you know, that doesn't bode well for uh, sustained success, but um, they're also being outshot on a nightly basis, averaging 28.4 per game and giving up 30.6 per game. Uh, So uh, underlying numbers may be a bit troubling for the Blues, but uh, they're getting the job done. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, there was a a trade with the Detroit Red Wings that was made on Wednesday night. The the Blues traded uh, Robbie Fabry, a uh, first-round pick back in 2014, I believe. Uh, He was sent to the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for Jacob Delarose, kind of a... Uh, scale for grit uh, move for the Blues. Uh, Fabry was not getting uh, the kind of uh, ice time that a player of his skill uh, warrants. Perhaps he was slowed down in recent years by some pretty major knee injuries. 
but did not have favor with uh, head coach Craig Berube, and they brought in a guy who can hit and block things that may not be as valued in today's NHL, but a team like the Blues, they uh, dined out on that in the playoffs. Uh, So Fabry to the Red Wings, Delarose to the Blues, a drop in skill for the Blues, but um, who knows if if he might help their overall uh, efforts. So Blues at number four. Coming in number three is the Washington Capitals. They are 11-2-3 through 16 games, 781 point percentage. They have a goal differential of uh, plus 15. Like I mentioned, they are tied with the Blues for the most points in the NHL with 25 to date. Um, They're down a bit in my power rankings just because of another Metro team that's on a a really hot streak right now, and they deserve uh, some credit for that. Uh, But the Capitals are looking as dangerous as they did back uh, when they won the Cup a couple years ago. John Carlson continues to dominate from uh, from the blue line, and Ovechkin, as always, uh, just continues to put up uh, put up the goals. And uh, Braden Holtby, Ilya Samsonov, providing some uh, stellar goaltending as well. Last I checked, yeah, Ovechkin, uh, he has 11 goals through 16 games, uh, so a bit off uh, the Rocket Richard race. He's four behind our David Pasternak. Um, and John Carlson is now fifth in NHL scoring with 23 points. Uh, Ovechkin is four points behind him in seventh place. Ellis Peterson from the Canucks is up there between them. Um, so, yeah, the Capitals continue to roll, but I'm going to put it, them at third behind the New York Islanders, who are the NHL's hottest team. They are 11th and 3 through 14 games. They're on a 10-game winning streak. They have uh, only 22 points, which is um, league-wide. I think that's fifth or sixth. Yeah, that puts them in fourth, actually, tied for fourth with the Oilers. But they've only played 14 games, and their record gives them a point percentage of uh, 786, which is second in the NHL. They also have a pretty impressive uh, goal differential at uh, plus 14, which is uh, tied for fifth. No, sorry, it stands alone in fifth. And their underlying numbers are also uh, pretty encouraging. Actually, no, let me take that back. Their underlying numbers, not great. They have a Corsi percentage of 45.46, and they're riding a PDO of 103.3, which is uh, second in the NHL behind the Nashville Predators. So uh, the underlying numbers maybe don't suggest sustained success for this team. Uh, They have a uh, getting exceptional goaltending again. their shooting percentage is up there. Um, combine that with um, a pretty uh, below average possession rates, and you can see why there may be some reason to believe that this team uh, is more uh, fiction than fact. However, uh, people said that all season last year, and they, of course, uh, made it to the playoffs and beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round. Um, so maybe they're on their way to bucking that trend. Uh, once again, we'll, we'll see and keep an eye on the, on the Oilers. Oh, sorry. The Islanders 
That brings us to the number one team, which remains our Boston Bruins. They are 11-2-2 through 15 games. They've only lost two games in regulation by a combined three goals. And if you'll recall, in those two games that they lost, they had three goals wiped off the board by some uh, pretty, um, shall we say, debatable um, reviews. Two for offside, one for goaltender interference. They have a league-leading point percentage of 800. They also lead the NHL in goal differential at plus 20. They are a um, positive Corsi team at, uh, let's see here, uh, 51.81, which is 10th. So uh, not, um, you know, super dominant in that category, but um, on the positive side of the ledger. And um, yeah, all things are clicking for the Boston Bruins at this point. We've talked about them obviously every day as this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast, but uh, an incredibly encouraging start for the Bruins. Goaltending has come through uh, for them, although it um, has fallen off a touch in the last couple of games with uh, Halak and Rask allowing uh, combined nine goals, I believe, over those two games. I believe it'll be Rask back in net on uh, Friday against the Red Wings. The Red Wings are, uh, last I checked, the worst team in the NHL and uh, will be a great chance for uh, Rask and the Bruins to rebound with uh, with a big win on the road. Uh, so, yeah, that's your top five for this week. To recap, I've got the uh, Vancouver Canucks, number five, St. Louis Blues, number four, Washington Capitals at number three, the Islanders at number two, and the Bruins at number one. I'd give a caveat on the uh, Islanders based on their underlying numbers. Other teams that I'd watch out for, um, I would say keep an eye, as always, on the Florida Panthers. I think they're due for a bump up the standings. The Maple Leafs may be getting it together sometime sooner than later, uh, as well as the Lightning. Um, so those are teams that I would suggest are due for uh, a rebound. The Dallas Stars got off to a rough start, but they're pretty hot lately. Uh, we all remember we talked to Sean Shapiro earlier in the season, and they have Stanley Cup aspirations. Um, so always interesting to look at the uh, NHL standings. I'll admit I don't get too deep in terms of the underlying numbers with uh, expected goals for and things like that, high danger quality uh, shots, things like that. Um, something that I need to learn, admittedly, and get a bit more um, yeah, uh, learned in those areas. But um, hopefully these uh, numbers are enough to uh, make a case. Before we move on to our chat with Amanda Kegley, let me just tell you about DoorDash. I'd encourage you to treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, Locked On Boston Bruins listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. I'm joined now by Amanda Kegley from Minnesota. She is a, a big Minnesota Wild fan. Uh, a devoted uh, hockey parent like myself and uh, her and her daughter Maddie also uh, run a, a anti-bullying initiative called Books About Bullying, which we will uh, talk about in a couple of minutes. But uh, my main reason for having Amanda on today is to talk about uh, Charlie Coyle. He's new to the Bruins, relatively new anyways, less than a year. 
And I know myself, I really developed an appreciation for him, especially after um, Hockey Fights Cancer Night a few games back where he had uh, the Mighty Quinn coming out onto the ice, uh, a little boy that he has befriended um, who has um, been fighting cancer for, for several months now. And uh, he did the, the opening face-off. So I want to have Amanda on just to talk about uh, Charlie Coyle and uh, kind of the impact that he had in Minnesota and uh, maybe also kind of lament the fact that uh, Ryan Donato hasn't really done much for the Wild, uh, the guy that Coyle was traded for. So uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Amanda. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. You had to bring up the uh, Ryan yeah. Donato thing, didn't you? Always the, the I'm sorry, bad yeah, trade I was that we do. Just... I was actually just looking at uh, – I hadn't really kept up with him this year, and I just noticed that um, in third games he only has uh, two assists. So not uh, – Yeah, you're, you're not missing anything by not keeping up with him. Um, he seemed promising <laughs> when we got him at the end of the season last year, and uh, I don't really know what happened. But, you know, that's the story of my team. We don't really know what happened ever. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess part of it is the fact that um, the Wild just aren't really that good right now <laughs> but Donato <laughs> he, he's I'm surprised that Donato has not made that much of an impact so far he he got off to a decent start like you said in Minnesota he's an exciting player a lot of Bruins fans were kind of uh, not upset but thought that maybe they were giving up on him a bit too early but um, I think Charlie Coyle I mean he hasn't been racking up the goals and points he's coming on a bit now but uh he's certainly making an impact in boston uh on and off the ice more. um and uh yeah i just wanted to talk about kind of your experiences with with charlie coyle as, as a wild fan and someone who's interacted with it um what can you tell us about charlie coyle kind of as uh as a good a good dude off the ice Charlie is honestly one of the best guys. Maddie's been um, really lucky to meet a lot of hockey players. She is a huge hockey fan. I I um, have no problem saying I think she's probably the biggest hockey fan I've ever met, and I've loved hockey for a really long time. She's only 12, so um, she's been into the wild since she was uh, five or six, and, and Zucker was always, is still her big guy, but Charlie, uh, she fell in love with Charlie too, and, and he's always just been really visible in the community, um, always working with kids, uh, always just really good with his fans, super humble, always has time to talk and chat and, and sign autographs and, and never is um, too good for anyone, just kind of always always willing to um, talk to his fans. So Maddie's first experience with them, um, she got to get his autograph and, and she used to um, she used to make little cards and booklets for players when she met them so she'd go to signings and and she'd make a book you know with with notes and pictures and it was like a four or five page book she stapled all together and, and give it to these guys and I think the first time that she met Charlie um Zucker was hurt and they lived together and so Maddie okay. <laughs> Maddie met Charlie and she gave him this booklet and she said you know here you go thanks and, and in the booklet it said dear Charlie you are my second favorite hockey player. Do you live with Jason Booker? And if you do, can you please tell him that I said get well soon because he's my favorite. And Charlie just took it in stride. He was just thought it was so cute. He said, of course, I'll tell him. It's no problem. Being second is totally fine. That's great. And then they took a picture together. And, you know, Maddie, then Maddie was just, you know, she was in love. That was it. So now in every mm -hmm. signing he had, she would have to go. She kept going. And the second signing, she wanted him to sign the picture that they took the first time. 
So she brought the picture, he signed it, and he said, well, why don't we hold up the picture of the picture, and then we can keep going. Like, you will take the picture, yeah. we'll hold the picture of us, and then next time you see me, you bring the picture of the picture, and we'll just keep it going. She's like, yeah, that's so that's cool. Amazing. And she was probably seven or eight at the time, um, and this yeah. just kept going. I mean, she would find out where he was going to be or where he was signing, and she would make me print this picture, and, and he remembered every single time. And they take the picture and hold it. Just It was like inception where it just kept going and going and going and going and <laughs> just in this loop and so i remember the last season that charlie was with the wild zucker had a season kickoff party and charlie was going to be there so of course we were going to go because anything jason zucker does maddie has to be at and they're better, right you know so yeah maddie we're on our way and maddie said oh my god did you print the picture and i'm like oh shoot no i didn't don't worry about it it's not a big deal there's gonna be a lot of people there you might not even get to talk to Harley. She's like, no, mom, you need to print the picture. He will remember it. I don't bring it. He's going to be so upset. Well, Charlie's not, he's not the type to get upset about anything, I don't think. Right. But um, so we stopped off. We stopped at Walgreens. I figured out how to get the picture off my phone somewhere. We got it. We brought it. And I'm telling you, he saw her and Maddie, Maddie, did you bring the picture? And she looked at me like, hmm, told you. Uh. Like, you've got to be kidding me. So, you know, he came right up to her and gave her a hug and said, did you bring it? And and she always would bring him one, too, so he could collect the pictures. And he said to her, I have all these pictures in my house, and I'm so glad you brought these because I have them hung up and all the cards you've given me. And just thank you so much for always being supportive of me. And that's just Charlie. He just, he remembers stuff like that. He remembers faces. He's just always so good to his fans um, in the community. I know that one of the, the community or the things he was involved in here was United Heroes League. He was really involved with that, always at the events, always donating money. Um, and of course, Jason and Carly Zucker's Give 16, he was involved in that. Mm -hmm. um, so he's just a really all around great guy and we super, super miss him here. Um, Maddie was very bummed when he left. So when the Bruins were here, she managed to uh, see him. And of course he remembered the picture. So now we have a picture of him on the other team too, holding the picture of the oh, picture wow. of the picture of the picture. <laughs> so yeah, that's just really a cool. Fantastic guy. We super miss him here. Um, you guys are very, very lucky to have him out there on the team and in the community. looks like the Bruins, they're going back there in February. So I assume Maddie will try to connect with him. Maddie again will once. try to connect with him. Of course. Yeah. I have the picture and she'll, she'll have the, She'll have everything ready to go. Um, I'm sure that she'll try to figure out uh, what charities he's supporting this year because that's right. her books against bullying goal is to do, you know, $100 for each team. Last year she did, for the Bruins, she did Tori Krug, and he was super great. Uh, he retweeted her on Twitter, and that's her big thing. She loves when these guys like her stuff and kind of notice cool. her when you're 12. Social media is your thing, right? You get a like, and you, yeah. your life is made, right? So Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I still feel that way at, at my age as a grown man. So. <laughs> Same. I get giddy whenever um, Carly Zucker comments on something of mine. So Right. You mentioned um, books against bullying. Uh, can you yeah. uh, explain to uh, – listeners what what that is and maybe um give us a couple uh ideas of how we could help out with with books against bullying for sure so books against bullying started in 2017 um former nhler paul martin at the time he was still playing in nhl i believe he was playing for the sharks at the time but he's a minnesota guy and maddie's always been a fan so he started a foundation called shine a light which is an anti-bullying and uh, youth mental health foundation maddie really wanted to do something to um help impact his foundation and kind of give back so she's a huge reader she had a bunch of books in her closet that she thought she could get rid of so 
she reached out to the community and, and asked for books and came up with this books against bullying idea. It started out just as a little sale in our driveway. She was just going to do it one time. Um, her goal was to raise $200 for Paul Martin, and she ended up raising over 600 And it just oh, wow. kind of spiraled from there. Mar Paul Martin got a hold of it, and Paul Martin's also a fantastic, a fantastic guy. Um, he got a hold of it, and uh, she kind of became this name, and it's just kind of spiraled. People started reaching out, asking how they could help, and um, we had a couple younger children in our community who took their own lives, and Maddie was really upset by that. Um, wanted to help their families so we kept it going and um it's just been a really great thing to see so many people reaching out to help um, she's raised almost ten thousand dollars in two years she oh, wow. officially became yeah she's 12 and she officially became a 501c3 in december of 18 so it's been almost a full year since that happened um she has a website and, and twitter and facebook and you know all the social medias which you know i do the heavy lifting i help her with all that but all the ideas are hers um, this goal that she has this year, uh, since she's such a huge hockey fan, is to raise $3,100, 31 teams, and donate um, $100 to an initiative supported by each team. Uh, you know, her she focuses on anti-bullying, you know, youth mental health, right. but really anything at this point that helps with critical needs of kids. She's very much um, kids of the future. She's a very empathetic uh, kid. She's just really, really cool. So I kind of mm. wish I could be like her when I grow up. I wish I could yeah. be like her then. When I was 12, I didn't care about anything except myself, I don't think. So for her to give up her Saturdays and sit at a craft fair selling books, you know, um, it, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. For yeah, her to, that's to really amazing. Do that. And people can give back. Um, she has a website. It's booksagainst.org. She also has a Twitter account. It's at Books Against, and she's Books Against Bullying on Facebook. Um, yeah, all the info is, all is there. Uh, you can donate through that. Um, what's kind of cool about this is that if you donate money, not only is your money going to, you know, to help critical needs of kids and anti-bullying youth mental health, but also for every dollar donated, she donates a book out of her collection of books that she's gotten to a school or a little library or a hospital or some sort of event that, you know, they're giving out books at for kids. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. I know teachers, have to supply all their own stuff so we've been really lucky to uh, be able to put a lot of books in a lot of classrooms um, because so many people have been so supportive of her cause yeah that's amazing i don't know I've, I've been following along a little bit over the last i don't know how long it has been since i, I first a heard years, about yeah yeah and um yeah just trying to help out even just on social media and stuff and i really mm -hmm. admire the things that um that that you guys are doing and, and try to um, tell my boys about it as well, just to get them thinking about ways they can help out when, as they get older and stuff. So it's a really a great initiative and um, anybody should uh, check out books against bullying for sure and, and see if they can, they can help out in any way. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for, for taking some time to chat today to tell us about that Charlie story and books against bullying. And um, I kind of hope that the, the wild, don't improve too much because there's a couple guys on the team now that I wouldn't mind the Bruins trying to, to pluck hey, closer to the trade deadline team. this year. <laughs> stay away from my team. You already you took one of my guys. You can't. Yeah. I know. I think I'm pretty sure last year the Bruins were pretty close to getting Eric Stahl. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind uh, 
giving him Final. another sorry another run. <laughs> I know Zucker is very, very near and dear to your guys' listen, heart. I don't, don't think you, listen. He's going anywhere. You can't have him. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> no, he, I know. No, he's not. He's not. No I don't way. Think so. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie would be devastated. Don't we can't. I, I, yeah, it's not worth it. It wouldn't be worth the heartbreak. <laughs> True. Well, yeah. Thanks so much and. Uh, Enjoy your Starbucks and, and have a great rest of the day. And, and maybe Thanks. we'll connect again later in the season to talk talk more about uh, Charlie and Booksy and Bully. Great. Thanks, Ian. Thanks again to Amanda for taking some time to chat. What a great story that is about Charlie. Um, I mentioned the Mighty Quinn, and I retweeted this morning. Uh, the NHL tweeted out a video the other day of Charlie Coyle and Quinn Waters, uh, their relationship after meeting, of course, in Charlie's hometown of Weymouth and um, what their relationship has led to. I'm not going to lie, it brought a tear to my eye, and uh, I think Bruins fans uh, were really lucky to have Charlie in the mix, and I, for one, uh, am very hopeful that uh, the Bruins can re-sign him and he'll be part of the organization for, for quite a while. To wrap up today's show, as we do every day, let's take a look at some headlines and rumors from around the NHL. Um, I mentioned the uh, Blues are... Pretty hot right now. They are tied for the team, or sorry, the league lead in points. They beat the Oilers 5-2 uh, last night um, with Jake Allen in net, um, taking a rare start from Jordan Bennington. In um, a bit of a scary situation, Jets center Brian Little, he needed 25 to 30 stitches and spent the night in a neurological ward after getting in that hit in the head by a slap shot from Nikolai Ellers on Tuesday's game against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, the Jets said he's uh, alert at all times and in good spirits as of yesterday, but a uh, really scary um, situation for Brian Little, and we wish him all the best. Um, related to Austin Matthews, you may have heard, I'm sure you did, about his legal troubles this past summer. Apparently, according to TSN, a trial readiness conference will be held on November 27th between Arizona prosecutors and attorneys representing uh, Matthews. He's not expected to be there, I don't think, for that. Uh, He, of course, faces a misdemeanor disorderly conduct charge related to an incident last May in Arizona. Uh, People don't really seem to be talking that anymore now that he's scoring goals, but uh, it was a really scary situation for the victim and uh, not something that um, should be kind of swept under the rug or just ignored, I don't, I don't think. So, yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. I mentioned the trade. Another uh, transaction of note, I had uh, pegged Elvis Merzlikens from the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets as a goalie to target in my fantasy pool. I actually grabbed him in a keeper league. He's been sent to the AHL. He's not really worked out so far. Hopefully some more playing time will get him going. Um, I had high hopes for him as maybe someone who would start for that team as early as this season, but um, yeah, down he goes to the AHL. Um, What's next? Rumors. I mentioned yesterday that the Maple Leafs are looking to make some moves in advance of Zach Hyman coming back. Kevin McGran, Toronto Star, wrote an article uh, saying that Dubas General Manager Kyle Dubas, that is, would be uh, reluctant to give up picks since he already traded their 2020 first-round pick to Carolina to dump Patrick Marlowe's contract. Um, some of the guys that could be sent away, uh, maybe Jason Spezza would be waived. Uh, Nick Patan seems to be being showcased for a move. 
Um, so um, interesting times in Leafland as they, of course, are in a bit of a cap crunch. Um, there's calls on, you know, mainstream media to maybe move one of the big big guys, but um, maybe a Nylander perhaps, but he's very valuable to that team and has probably the best contract out of the bunch. Um, so that really wouldn't make sense. So it'll be interesting to see if Spezza is moved. Um, yeah. The other news of the day that I saw was Josh Hosang. He was asked if he would play for Bridgeport if a trade partner can be found. This is from Brian Compton, uh, NHL. Hosang, of course, has failed to report to the AHL. He's asked the Islanders for a trade. And um, so far, that has not been um, met with a positive review for uh, by the, by Lou Lamorello. Not positive review, but you know it hasn't it hasn't happened yet. So um, we'll see if he does report just to get some game action in. Um, but again, he's a guy that I think teams could benefit from picking up. Kind of like a Fabry situation where um, a lot of high skill and just need some some place to play and get some some minutes in to make an impact. So um, I've mentioned before I don't I don't see him as a fit for uh, the Bruins per se, but I think he could be a valuable piece for another team. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much uh, the news of the day. I mentioned the Bruins are off till Friday night. Well, they'll be in Detroit to play the Red Wings. Uh, Friday show will tee up that game. Uh, do check out the video about Charlie Coyle and uh, the mighty Quinn. And um, thanks again to Amanda for taking some time to chat about Charlie Coyle and books against bullying. This has been the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast for Thursday, November 7th. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. And uh, please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can find me at ENC McLaren. And if you have any feedback, feel free to email the show at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. And uh, have a great Thursday, folks. Talk to you later.